What's up, guys? Welcome to episode two of the Fantasy Mafia Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry, alongside my co-host, Jordan here, the Rams fan, Dr. Fantasy, whatever you want to call him, just don't call him late for dinner. Oh. <laughs> I would never be late. That's just rude. You you would have the dinner already on the table made for us. That's the kind of guy and you are. That's the kind of guy I am. That's the kind of guy you are. Um, so today we're going to be talking about, we're going to be breaking down our quarterbacks number 32 to 17. Uh, we'll save 16 to number one next week. And uh, yeah, I mean, before we jump into it, let's talk about some things that are going on on the page, the razzes, all the news coming out. Uh, you know more about the baseball stuff, so I'll let you break that first. Yeah, so uh, the baseball season is going to be starting in July. Everybody's going to be reporting July 1st. We're actually going to be starting an article series counting down because tomorrow, well, actually not tomorrow, whenever this comes out, it'll be a week, so we'll probably be on 23 by then. But every day we're going to be releasing a uh, different article. So if there's 30 days to opening day, we're going to pick the best player with the number 30 and write about their fantasy implications for the season. So just kind of a different way to count down till the season. It's going to be really interesting. Uh, I mean, it's kind of being forced upon the players a little bit. So It'll be interesting going into next offseason. They have to negotiate a new collective bar bargaining agreement. So uh, that doesn't look overly promising now that negotiations are kind of tense between them. But, yeah, we're going to ha have that going on. We're going to have some more pods with rankings going on, which are all of a sudden relevant. Um, a lot of leagues and a few of the leagues that I've been in, you know, with only a 60-game season, we're going to have to kind of redo and rethink how we're playing leagues, if at all. A lot of leagues are just saying, screw it, we don't want to play for 60 games. But a lot of them are switching over to Roto. So if you're not familiar with that, the scoring's a lot different. And uh, I really like Roto leagues. They're not as popular. But with a shortened season, they make more sense. So we'll be talking a little bit about that and strategy that goes along with that. And now with it being 60 games starting end of July, um, that's basically going to put it on time to kind of start or finish around when it would normally finish, right? And then the next season could start yep. on time. Yep, that's the goal. I mean, at this point, there's probably going to be a strike because there's no agreement in place for 2021 and now sides are fighting over everything and i mean baseball striked before so yeah. i wouldn't be uh surprised if they did it again and that'll be fun to track throughout the off season well hopefully it happens hopefully we don't get a lot more cases of that. anything and and uh i'll watch a game or two here or there I'll have it on in the background, and maybe it'll help me fall asleep. I mean, I honestly don't care as much because I love watching baseball in person. It's just an atmosphere thing for me because it's the most chilled-out sport. Yeah. I just love it's summertime, especially we're in New York, so this is the only time we get any good weather. So, I mean, you can chill out in the sun, just hang out. You can talk to people. It's not one of those games where you have to be really intensely focused on what's going on. So, I like you can just chill out and have a good time. Yeah, they're fun well, to go to. No, not at all. Who knows if they're even going to let fans in the stands or where the games are going to be played. But at least it's something. Uh, we're getting into sports. And then uh, no new news on the NFL front. No, I think the latest thing I heard from the NHL front was they were looking to start at the end of July, which the date kind of kind of struck out to me, July 31st, because then they still have to play all these games. So I don't know what's even going to go on with next season. Um, that's going to be – I mean, hopefully – at the very least, I mean, I just hope it plays because I, I want to see, I want to see some sports action. I want to see some NHL, but um, I guess we'll figure out what's going on next year. Next year, I just want some games to play. NBA is another one. I think they had a date in mind too. What was that? July thirty first as well. That one's actually a little controversial as of today. Uh, one of the Nuggets big stars, uh, Jokic, their center, he uh, actually just got diagnosed in serbia where his home country is and then uh, that actually has huge playoff implications they're kind of in the thick of the race coming back into the season mm -hmm. um but the other big thing is all the games are being played in orlando and there's a huge COVID spike right now in orlando so there's a little bit of uh, mystery and intrigue around that right now a few players have already come out and said they're not going to be reporting for the season so we'll see i mean they have everything in place all the dates are set they have the draft lottery, the playoffs, the championship, the whole new calendar set out. But whether they play it or not, we'll see. Hopefully next year at this time we're talking about, um, I mean, it's going into July. So we're hopefully we're talking about who won the Stanley Cup, who won the NBA championship, yeah. and, and everything's back to normal. But 
let's get into today's show, um, and then we'll we'll talk about the fantasy mafia and stuff that we got going on on the page after after we're done with the meat and potatoes of the show. So today we're going to talk about, like I said, the uh, bottom sixteen quarterbacks. We we ranked our quarterbacks. We got them out on our website, thefantasymafia.com. They were put on the Facebook at uh, Fantasy Mafia, and I think they were shared also to the Fantasy Hotspot. Those are our two pages. Um, is not really any specialty scoring involved in these quarterbacks. I think when I do quarterback rankings, it's six-point touchdowns. That's just how I play a lot of my leagues. Um, I know yep. other sites and places do rank based on four-point touchdowns, but um, not much is really going to change. I mean, you might flop a couple players here and there, but they don't really, for catches, it doesn't matter. For yardage, it doesn't matter on the ground, in the air, none of that matters. Um, it, I mean, running matters for the quarterback, but they're still getting the same amount of yards running as uh, as what they would in a regular league. So um, scoring, it's basically, for me, it's six-point touchdowns, negative two interceptions. I guess that would be the biggest one. And uh, some of my leagues do play with sacks, but I really don't factor those in, don't factor fumbles in. So um, if I did, Josh Allen would have to be all the way down here. All right, so That's very honest of you. We'll start with, uh, we'll start with you, who comes in at number 32 for you. Number 32 for me, and I ranked my top 32 is one quarterback from each team, so I have every team represented. Uh, Number 32 for me is Mitch Trubisky. Uh, You know, I have Nick Foles at 33, if that means anything to anyone. (laughs) I wouldn't be trusting either one of them from a fantasy perspective. And it's kind of disappointing because I like Matt Nagy's offense. I think he kind of got too creative last year and he got in his own head where, you know, year one, he ran a really nice offense. You know, he he comes from a great coaching tree. So I, I expected more in year two, but I think we came out really disappointed. But at this point, I don't think they have anything to lose. They are paying Nick Foles a ton of money. So I'm sure at some point Mitch Trubis or Nick Foles is going to get an opportunity to start, and that's mostly because I think Mitch Trubisky stinks. And uh, not only does he stink, I mean their offensive line is terrible. I'm not a big fan of their running game. I think David Montgomery is a you know a below average running back from what I saw. You know I I mean he. People had high expectations for him going into last year, and I just wasn't impressed with what I saw. So poor offensive line, poor running game. His receivers are, I mean, okay, I guess. He has Allen Robinson and 45 tight ends to throw to. So, uh, you know, it just there's nothing really going in his favor right now. I think that he uh, most likely this will be his last chance at starting with anyone because I don't think he's going to magically turn it around. Yeah, he has to he has to come out and put on a show if he wants to continue to be playing football in this league. If not, he'll be a backup somewhere next year. Um, I don't even have Trubisky ranked because I have the other quarterback, but he's uh, he's a he's at thirty one for me. So my thirty two is going to be Dwayne Haskins. We only did see a sample size of his last year, um, so it's really not it's really not too fair to to put him that low or, or, or high or anything like that. But um, just from what we've seen, he – and just that offense. I mean, I think they're going to be one of the worst offenses in the league. Um, just like the Bears don't have a lot of firepower there, the Redskins really don't either. They got Terry McLaurin. They – they got question marks at the running back position. I mean, Adrian Peterson doesn't go away, and then they got uh, Darius guys who can't seem to can't seem to stay on the field. Um, their tight ends. I think you mentioned it in another show that if they go into the season right now, their starting tight end is Jeremy Sprinkle. I know they just went out and got Thad Moss. So I mean, if he does anything like he did at LSU, he could be he could be a factor. But I mean, it's it's an undrafted rookie that we're talking about here. So um, who knows how much help he's going to give Dwayne Haskins. And it's also one of those things where I, that's one of those teams along with Miami, along with Chicago, along with LA Chargers that we don't even know who the starter is going to be right now. I mean, they just got Ron Rivera and Ron Rivera came from Carolina and they traded for Kyle Allen. So it could even be Kyle Allen. We might not even be talking about Dwayne Haskins a year from now. Um, He was picked fairly high, I think what, 14th or 15th in the draft. Um, So they got to give him another chance. Um, And he's only going into his second year, new coaching staff and all that. So I think he'll be under center as it as early as week one but kyle allen's there and ron he's one of ron rivera's guys so we could see the uh, trigger pulled sooner than later yeah i mean one interesting thing i mean i have haskins a few spots higher at 28 so i mean not much higher and not a ton of fantasy relevance but I think the dynamic, it's not really fantasy relevant at all, but one of the interesting dynamics to me is going to be between Ron Rivera and Dan Snyder, because Dan Snyder, their owner, and uh, he drafted 
Dwayne Haskins and Ron Rivera is coming in and I expect that he's going to want to get his guy but at the same time the organization isn't going to want to give up on Haskins that quickly so I think it's going to be an interesting power struggle versus higher higher management versus Ron Rivera so I, I expect that Haskins isn't going to be their long-term answer I mean he was given kind of an unfair opportunity last year but uh, I'm interested to see how that power struggle shakes out. Yeah, I mean, it's another one. It's another team that doesn't even have a. They don't have a great line here. They actually just traded their their top uh, lineman this off season. So who do the who do they even have trying to protect whoever the quarterback is back there? But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, last year they were ranked 13th overall. I have the offensive line rankings. They had some injuries along the line. Um, but when you look at their rankings, they're one of the better run blocking teams. But they struggle in pass protection. Yeah. All right, who do you got coming in at number 31 here? 31 is Fitzmagic. I really wanted to put him higher, and I put that in my article when I wrote about this, but I really think they're going to give Tua a chance at some point. I think Fitzpatrick is super relevant when it comes to streaming. We've seen him had, have huge games in the past against poor defenses, so he's a streaming option for me. I'm not drafting him just because I really don't think he's going to start the whole season, and uh, I the Dolphins are in a weird spot. People say they're in a win-now mode, but I'm not saying that until they have put a full season together. So I expect at some point there's no reason not to give Tua an opportunity. They've improved their offensive line. But when Fitzpatrick starts in the beginning of the season, he'll have some nice games, probably some top 10 or 12 finishes, where if you stream them, you're going to get lucky and win a few games. Yeah, I mean... We we saw what he did last year with uh, I mean just Devonte Parker he he kind of turned Devonte Parker into a relevant fantasy receiver and as long as Fitzpatrick's under center Parker I think is draftable uh, we don't know what we're going to get out of Tua just based on tape and film Tua has the arm has the talent he can also do the same things that Fitzpatrick can do potentially so um, hopefully he keeps things rolling but for right now Fitz is the starter and he's not. I'm a guy that in my leagues, I only really draft one quarterback. And then when it comes to bye weeks, that's when I'll worry about streaming and I'll drop, I'll drop either a second tight end or a wide receiver that isn't doing anything. Um, and then I'll pick up that one week streamer. I'll try to look for maybe a guy that has like two or three good favorable matchups in a row um, just to have him there. But uh, Fitzpatrick's definitely on the radar for that, but I don't think he's going to be drafted in a lot of leagues. Uh, my 31 is Nick Foles. I mean, you already touched on Mitch Trubisky, um, so the same argument for him. It's whoever's under center, is, is, they're in trouble. The line isn't that good. The uh, the weapons really aren't that good. Allen Robinson, he gets 150 targets a year, um, but it, the quarterback play has just been it's just been bad. So um, he's definitely definitely rosterable. He's definitely early round. He's an early round guy, but um, I, I think I trust him more with Nick Foles than Mitch Trubisky, and. Um, he is being paid well the contract that he signed with Jacksonville prior to last year 88 million and, and that now that comes over with him to Chicago so um, they're not just gonna have him sit on the bench so I think at some point he's gonna play if we do have some kind of a regular mini camp or off season or something where we're not just jumping right into preseason in, in the regular season then I think that he'll he'll put a he'll give trubisky a run for his money and, and kind of take that job there yep he's a great businessman. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Him and uh, him and uh, Sam Bradford. Sam, oh my gosh, I I'd love to see. I haven't looked it up before. What Sam Bradford's career earnings are? Yeah, they're a lot. Matt Castle too. He not as much. I mean, he did have the one year in uh in oh, New Matt England. Oh, Flynn, actually. Yeah, Flynn's the guy that they talk about. He had huge one huge game with the Packers. Where he threw for 500 yards or whatever crazy number it was. These just quarterbacks. I mean, all you got to do is be a third-string quarterback and get shelled out a bunch of money. <laughs> all right, number 30. Who you got coming in at 30 for you? I have Tyrod Taylor from the Chargers now. The only reason I have him above Fitzpatrick is I think Tua is more likely to play than Herbert this year. And you and I, I think, are on the same page with we think the Chargers are an underdog team just based on how talented their defense is. So mm -hmm. I think Tyrod's probably going to play the entire season. I'm also not a big Justin Herbert fan, so I guess I should say that as well. I think he's going to be a Blaine Gabbert type of bust, in my opinion. Um, so, I mean, not that I think Tyrod offers a ton of fantasy relevance, but... I mean, I guess he has a more stable opportunity than Mitch Trubisky, and yep. I have more confidence that he's going to start the entire season uh, rather than over Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
Yeah, I mean, he's uh, we've we've experienced him here in Buffalo for three years. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot. He's he's definitely protective with the ball. And if it's somebody, if it's if you're looking for a player that's gonna manage the game, um, protect the football, and you got a good team around him, good defense. Tyrod's the guy. But we're talking about fantasy here. He's not gonna put up really gaudy fantasy numbers. So thirty, I can see. I got him a little higher. I'll talk about him in a couple spots, but I could definitely see. In these bottom like five or six, there. I, I think looking at your list, I think we have a lot of the same, just jumbled around a little bit. Bob, yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, we can make arguments for all of them. At thirty for me, it's Gardner Minshew. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I knew. I was like, is this the one that it's gonna make me really mad? That's fine. Continue. Go I'll ahead. talk about them, and then you can uh, you can counter argue, and I'll probably agree with you somehow. Um, it's it's another one of those offenses where I I don't see a lot happening. I mean they they have the better of the teams that we've talked about so far. I think that besides Austin Eckler maybe, um, they have the better running back. They have the better run game, and I mean with their de- with how bad their defense has been and probably will be, um, I'm actually probably going to talk myself out of him being number thirty because Gardner Minshew might see the field a lot. And then with that comes opportunity to throw the ball and play and come from behind and get some garbage points, kind of like your boy uh, Blake Bortles um, over there in L.A. But if he ever gets a chance to play, but um, I, I just I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not one, I'm not on the Gardner Minshew hype train. I I had him in one dynasty league and I ended up trading him away. I didn't really get too much for him, but it's like I, I'm not, I don't really believe in him too much. Um, I do like Chark. It's another one of those situations where. They don't have a lot of weapons there. Chark, Allen Robinson, just like they have in Chicago. There's DJ Chark in Jacksonville. Um, they they went out and signed Tyler Eifert. So if he plays a whole season, that's another weapon to help Minshew. But I think the guys I have above him, including Tyrod Taylor, um, I could I could make a better argument for being higher than him. Except for maybe we both have the same guy at number 29, and I could easily flip flop them. But uh, I'll let you I'll let you argue for Minshew and then talk about your 29 here. Yeah, I mean, so I think that you're going to be very wrong on that one, and you're definitely going to move them up as we see get closer you have to the them. season. I uh, and I mean that's a good point to bring up, though. You know, I posted my rankings, and then people, I have people texting and messaging me like, "How can you have this guy ranked there?" And I mean, I'm all for listening to arguments. I look, I have like four different tabs open right now of different data websites. So if I find something new, I mean, I have no problem switching my rankings. So. I think that's important to remember. Don't just get so fixated on your guy like, oh, my gosh, Tyrod Taylor's number 30. I cannot move him. You know, I mean, if you find new information, new data, I listen to people sometimes, and I'm like, you know what, that's a good point. I never thought of that. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with changing your opinions. Um, Minshew, for me, I just, I've talked before. Number one, it's the offense. Jay Gruden has had a lot of success with QBs in the past when he's had stability. And I think Minshew is actually decently stable in Jacksonville right now they don't have another great option they took a quarterback later in the draft but I don't really see anybody competing with him unless Cam Newton somehow ends up there but as of right now he's really the only guy and that was the question for a lot of people is he going to start the entire season so Jay Gruden with Kirk Cousins and Kirk Cousins really hasn't had a top 10 12 season since Jay Gruden left but uh, a few years, he was QB6, QB8 under Jay Gruden. So that offense, they like to chuck the ball around. Uh, number two, you already kind of mentioned it, but their defense is terrible. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they'll have the worst defense in the league this year. Uh, so I think that they'll have to pass the ball a lot. So a pass-happy scheme, and they're going to be down and playing from behind. You know, I'm all for I don't think the Jaguars are going to be good, but from a fantasy standpoint, he should put up pretty good numbers. And not to mention, one of the most underrated parts of his game is he did run for almost 300 yards in his limited time last year. So he actually can run a little bit, which only helps his case. Yeah, I mean, those are definitely definitely good arguments, and he probably will end up higher on my list. But um, I just... And maybe I'm mixing a little bit of reality with it, too. Like I said, we're talking about fantasy here, but I, I think Jacksonville is going to be one of the worst teams, if not the worst team. They're going to be in the they're going to be in the running for Trevor Lawrence next year. Yep. Yeah, I agree. All right. We both got the same for 29. Um, I'll probably agree with everything that you say. So talk about talk about our 29. And if I have anything additional to add, I'll add it. If not, we'll jump to 28. 
Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing with Stidham right now, and Jarrett Stidham is our number 29, is, I mean, I don't think any of us can accurately predict what he's going to do. I mean, I, I have no idea. I mean, I saw him throw, or I saw him play a few games at Auburn. I mean, that's about the extent. I would say I've maybe seen him once or twice off the top of my head stuff. I mean, I don't really think that's a fair assessment of him. I do think it says something that the Patriots haven't really gone out and gotten a quarterback. That means Bill Belichick has to have some level of confidence in him. And, you know, I'm not really going to go against Bill Belichick's opinion. Um, I think he's actually going to be a guy that moves up a few more spots for me as we go through the offseason. I was just looking at where the Patriots have finished in pass attempts the past few years. They had the fifth most last year the eighth most in 2018 and really since ever since Josh McDaniels has been their offensive coordinator they've really kind of hovered in the top 10 to top five of passing attempts every year so he probably is going to have a lot of opportunity so it's one of those things maybe I'm mixing reality a little bit with fantasy too for this ranking but I actually think he's going to get more opportunities than we think but it's really I mean who knows with him I mean he could be completely terrible he could be a future pro bowler I mean, I'd leave him on the waiver wire and kind of see what happens. Yeah, and you kind of hit you kind of hit it right on the head when you mentioned Bill Belichick. Um, we there's there's basically two ways that this can go, or two ways that we think that Bill Belichick is thinking. Either he strongly believes in Stidham and he's the the heir to Brady, and he's going to be there for twenty years terrorizing the AFC East, or he's not that good and they're going to be in the running for a top pick and potentially move up for Lawrence. But the defense, I don't think, is going to allow it. The Patriots' defense is definitely – they're not – they did lose a couple guys uh, this offseason. Um, Van Noy went over to Miami, and I think they lost a defensive back. I, I don't remember who. Jamie Collins went to the Lions. So, yeah, they. I mean, they lost half of their – or yeah, half of their linebackers, and uh, and they lost a pretty good defensive back too. But um, they, they still have a, a higher-end defense, so I don't think – as bad as the offense potentially could be um, – they won't be they won't be up into the top five, but if they get into like the top half, top top ten, top thirteen, it's it's enough ammo to kind of move down if they wanted to get Lawrence instead of trading from like twenty eight down to one. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's in Bill Bell. I've heard of several people say that. I just can't see Bill Belichick throwing a season. I mean, not throwing it, but you know what I mean. Intentionally trying to be not live up to their potential to get a quarterback like that number one he probably has too big of an ego to do that and uh number two i just i don't know he really hasn't had many unsuccessful seasons and i can't see him wanting to uh, make that happen now so we'll see it's gonna be interesting and if stidham fills they got uh they got the journeyman brian hoyer there too yeah (laughs) all right 28 i already had him listed for me let's talk about your 28 Yep, so 28 for me is Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I think that he can be better than he was last year. I already mentioned that their offensive line is a lot better at run blocking than pass protection. So and I already mentioned the dynamic, so I won't bring that up again. But I, I think Haskins has some potential. I mean, there's a reason that they took him in the first round. Maybe I don't see it, but they uh, their weapons aren't fantastic, so I think that's a big x against him as well but you know once again we're kind of at these bottom tier qbs right now where you know i don't expect much from them i'm not going to be drafting them and uh, you know there's it's hard to list the positives about them you know if i haskins i guess there's still a lot to be uh there's a lot unknown still i guess if there's a positive if anything we saw some flashes now i saw an interesting graphic where he had a higher qbr last year than daniel jones um and a few of the other rookie and Minshew was one of them so they say oh is he could be the best qb in this rookie class and I, I mean i don't know if i buy into that but i think he deserves more of an opportunity you know i'd be surprised if they started kyle allen maybe at some point if haskins is terrible for the first 10 games and they're 0 and 10 maybe but i think that he'll at least get every opportunity to show that he can do something yeah i mean that's it's going to be interesting to see um i can't even think of a team that's on their schedule and i don't have their whole schedule in front of me but say you have your starting quarterback on a bye week who you would even pick up haskins against i mean the Giants, if they're going into a divisional battle with the Giants, maybe, but then those, that, those games tend to be like 17 to 10. You're not getting anything out of your quarterback, so yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's definitely going to be on the waiver wire in a lot of the leagues I'm in. 
And then the next guy I got at 28, I have Sam Darnold. Um, and the biggest, one of the biggest reasons why I have him so low, because I do think he's very talented, is is the offense there. Um, and it's not even the offensive weapons. I think that he's got some pretty decent weapons. It's more so the coach, Adam Gase. They're not on the field enough for for him to really do anything too much. And speaking of those weapons, I mean, they, they lost Robbie Anderson, but they went out and got Prashad Perriman. They got Le'Veon Bell for... They got Le'Veon Bell another year last year. He coming off of the year that he took off. He uh, he, he was decent. Um, he wasn't the Le'Veon Bell that we're used to, but now it's another year under the system, playing with Sam Darnold, and so I mean we might see a little bit of the Le'Veon Bell of old. They got one of the better slot receivers in the league in, in Jamison Crowder, uh, Chris Herndon's there. So the, he definitely has weapons to throw to, and he could have some of those games where where he is um, a top five top 10 quarterback of the week i just I, I don't know how many of those that i see and i don't know where i would i don't know how many, how many of my leagues i would have him drafted or, or even on my team but um he's definitely a guy that i would look out for on the waiver wire depending on the matchup yeah and i have sam darnold at 27 so that is a wonderful segue and i've mentioned a few times that adam gase is the black hole for fantasy production and i i stand by that statement uh, yeah, and you already mentioned it too. I kind of want to put Darnold higher just because I do think he's talented, and I make fun of him a lot because I have a lot of Jets friends. But, I mean, Sam Darnold's a talented quarterback, and with the right offensive system and the right coaching staff in place, he's going to be successful. So these are redraft rankings. If I'm in a dynasty league, I've been trying to buy him because I really think that Adam Gase is going to be gone and that he could put up really nice numbers in a different system. So that's just a side note. These are redraft rankings, so. All right, and then my 27, I have a guy you already talked about. I got Tyrod Taylor. Um, like I said, he is a he's more of a game manager. Um, basically, my 27 to 32 are a lot of interchangeable guys. Um, the reason why he's a little higher than the rest of them is because he does have the weapons around him, and I think his offense is a little bit better than, uh, or Anthony Lynn is a better coach than, than Adam Gase and so he'll have some more opportunity he really hasn't I don't think he's eclipsed <laughs> I don't think Tyrod has eclipsed the 20 touchdown mark in any of his years and he's only started uh three or four of them I know three of them were here in Buffalo and I don't even think he finished the third year but um so I don't see a lot of touchdowns coming out of him 22 to 24 maybe but he does have I mean you got he's working with Keenan Allen working with Mike Williams Austin Eckler is excellent out of the backfield um, and Hunter Austin, Henry. Yep, Hunter Henry. Austin Eckler also is a, he's a good runner too. So he gives them he gives them a break um, in the passing game by being able to hand it off to him or or on those quick screens and stuff like that. So and the defense is going to be pretty good. So I think I think a Tyrod is going to break out. And uh, we like to joke around and say that when we're talking about a guy that's older or somebody like that, breakout really necessarily isn't the term. But he hasn't done that yet. Um, so I think that this is a good it's a good season for, for him to show up. And then Justin Herbert could take over next year. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, he has something to play for as well. I mean, he wants to show people that he still has it. So I, uh, I think that the Chargers are going to have a pretty good season, which – a lot of people aren't expect. I think when the ESPN power rankings came out, they were 22nd or, I mean, they were very low somewhere around there. So, uh, my number 26 staying in the similar category, Derek Carr. Um, I wanted to put Derek Carr higher, but I, I just, I don't trust that they're going to be pass heavy enough. Uh, so I wrote an article on Josh Jacobs a little while back, and the Raiders were 6-4 and four in games where Josh Jacobs went over 100 yards. They've already came out and said they want to get him more involved. I don't think that Derek Carr is going to be their long-term option, and not because he's not a starting caliber quarterback, but, I mean, John Gruden's going to want to get his guy at some point. That's the reality. I mean, Derek Carr could be a top-10 quarterback, but... You know, I could see Gruden saying, you know, I want my guy. So I still think that he's not the future there. And not that Gruden's going to sabotage him, but that offense is a West Coast style. A lot of dink and dunk passes. He was, I think he, I had it up here. 
he had the least amount of air yards last season, which just shows you it's a dink and dunk offense. Um, one of the reasons why I'm a little worried about Henry Ruggs this year, but hopefully that gets rectified in the future. But I just think overall they're going to be more of a run-heavy scheme. I like Derek Carr as a quarterback, don't get me wrong, but I just question whether or not his fantasy production is going to be there. Okay, all right. I got him one spot higher, so I'm not too far off from you. My 26 is Ryan Tannehill. Um, he's he's in a run heavy offense, but they did pay him they did pay him a hefty amount of money. So I don't think he's going to go into this season and just hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and uh, and call it a day. He's not getting paid 114 million dollars to just hand the ball off. Um, but he he doesn't have. We saw last year how he he was pretty efficient as a quarterback, but he doesn't really have the weapons around him uh, that can catch the ball. He's got A.J. Brown, who he's good. I mean, he was one of the better rookies last year, um, but we're still waiting on Corey Davis to do something. Uh, Jonu Smith, I think everybody's excited about, so we'll see. So he does have a he's, – he's got some pretty decent weapons there, but none of them really are eye-popping to you. And Derrick Henry doesn't really catch a lot of the balls out of the backfield, so handing the ball off isn't going to get Ryan Tannehill any fantasy points. Um, but with all the potential there and um, with with him being paid what he's being paid he's definitely he's got to he's got to show up and he's got to he's got to put some numbers up in the passing game yep yeah no I, I I agree with that I have him a few spots higher and I'll talk about that later so I'll go to my number 25 which is Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy Garoppolo finished with the 22nd most points per game last season so 25 is really it's pretty similar. I mean, when it comes down to it, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, he turns over the ball a lot, number one. Number two, I mean, the 49ers are a run-heavy team. I mean, I don't want a quarterback that's in a super run-heavy team. Um, he doesn't really throw the ball downfield very often. He had the third least amount of air yards last season. Debo's out now. I think that hurts him a little bit. So I don't. There's just really nothing that I have, nothing nice to say about Jimmy Garoppolo. Should and be lower on your list. Say anything. <laughs> so if I don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But I said it anyway. I got Derek Carr at 25. You hit a lot of the points. I I actually I like him a lot more than a lot of other people. Um, I just didn't see a spot to have him any higher. But I I think he has the potential to finish it. Uh, right now at 25 in a in a 12 team league, that's that's borderline QB three or that's QB three QB two. Um, I think he has a potential. He's a good enough quarterback to finish QB one. But with them wanting to switch over to going into going into a more run-heavy offense um, and don't know how long he's going to be there. And they, they went out and signed Marcus Mariota this year, too, not to say that, that Mariota is really breathing down Carr's back, but um, if if they're going out to sign Marcus Mariota, who's a former first over or second overall pick, he uh, then we know Gruden has his mind somewhere else. Um, so we don't know what kind of uh, offense they're going to have and what they want to do with him. But um, I, I like his weapons there. They went out and drafted Ruggs as – as the first wide receiver off the board in this year's draft, they got Tyrell Williams still. They got Darren Waller, who's going to be a little higher on our list um, when we go do our tight end segment. But I I think he could be higher. But uh, but a lot of the stuff that you said, running going into a running game, giving Josh Jacobs the ball a little bit more, um, that's that's why he's at twenty five and, and twenty six for us. And then I got Jimmy G. I got at twenty four. So another guy that we got right around the same area. Again, run-heavy offense. The rankings that we have, and, and we should update them a little bit um, more frequently because I think when we made these rankings, Debo Samuel was still fine, and now he's hurt, so Garoppolo could even move down a little bit more. I know we're still in the offseason now, and, and his injury is supposed to last, what did they say, a couple months? Debo's? Yeah, I mean, it can kind of vary. Originally, they said 12 to 16 weeks, but they're saying more realistically 10 weeks. So he could be back in time, and and a lot of the a lot of Garoppolo's fantasy points are going to come from um, getting the getting the ball to guys in open space, which is Debo's specialty, which is Brandon Ayuk's specialty. Um, so it's it's more he's just got to he's going to get a lot of his points by just dinking, dunking it, getting it to getting it to those guys on those quick slant routes and those wide receiver screens. And, and he's going to get the points, but it's with Debo not there or with Debo hurt and it, and it's his, uh, it's his foot, right? Or ankle. Yeah. His foot. Yep. It's that's going to, I think that's going to hurt him in the long run. So I think Jimmy G could move down. He could even move down a little bit for me. 
Yeah, and he's already low enough. I could argue that probably with the D-Bone news, I would consider moving him below Derek Carr. Yeah, so around 27, 28, which, yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. And But they, they really don't have that big, tall receiver. They got George Kittle, who just runs people over. But other than that, they don't have that big, tall receiver that's going to come down with it at the back of the end zone. He's, he's basically got to rely on his receivers to make the magic happen for him to get the points. Yep, so I'll move on to number 24 for me, which is Phillip Rivers. I have him, I'd say, decently lower than other rankings. To me, I mean, he's aging. And from what I saw last year, I mean, he's just losing a step. You know, we talk about, I don't think necessarily every quarterback, we've seen Tom Brady continue to perform, but even he's aged a little bit. And I really saw it from Philip Rivers last year. So I expect them to continue to decline. I mean, they have one of the best offensive lines in the game. So that's a check in his positive category. But I overall, I saw a ton of decline from him last season. I think they're going to commit to the run more. I mean, there's a reason they traded up to draft Jonathan Taylor. So uh, people always know Philip Rivers for slinging the ball and chucking it around. But I don't think that's going to happen as much in Indy as people hope. We'll see. I got I got him a little higher on my list, um, but definitely definitely a good spot for him. I mean, we're we're talking about just a couple spots here, so not not much can change. My number twenty three that I got is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, you had him much lower than where I have him, and I'm not really thinking about Tua. They draft. I know they drafted Tua at five overall, but if if Fitzpatrick is playing the whole year, I think this is a great spot for him. Obviously, if Tua comes in, then then these rankings look like garbage but um if if two is playing or if Fitzpatrick plays the whole year we already seen what he can do we got we got Preston Williams coming back fully healthy we got Devontae Parker who's coming off a career year uh Gusecki's going into uh his third year so he should be he should be a lot better than what he has been and he's actually um he's actually one of those sleeper tight ends who could break out this year so he's got a lot of weapons all across the board they went out and grabbed two running backs this offseason one via free agency one at the draft via trade so they're getting some help there so he's got some help out of the backfield so he doesn't have to just rely on being i mean he's still going to be a gunslinger and he's going to get the ball to his targets and his weapons um but he had he doesn't have all the pressure on him because he does have those running backs there but I think that uh, this is low-end RB2, which is a good spot for him. Yeah, no, and I mean, if he plays the whole season, I mean, I think that's a, a fine ranking for him. I, uh, you know, and like I said, he has some huge weeks. Whenever he plays, he's put up numbers. And, you know, I've already mentioned that I like Chan Gailey's system and other episodes that we've done. So he has the potential to be a sneaky pick, but I personally am not drafting him. All right, fine, don't. Yeah, I'm not going to. Good. Don't do it. All right, 23 <laughs> Fine, for I'm you. I'm going to talk about number 23. <laughs> uh, number 23 for me is Kirk Cousins. I mean, I guess you can call me a hater if you want to. I mean, last season hater. he uh, was 19th in terms of fantasy production. He's kind of finished in that 15 to 20 range most years. I mean, for me, I just he's not a sexy name. You know, I, I like targeting upside with my quarterbacks. You know, if you want a guy that's going to consistently kind of be average in the middle, I mean, then he's fine. But, I, uh, you know, he's in a run-heavy scheme as well. They were fifth most in rush attempts last year, uh, bottom three in pass attempts. So not a ton of volume, but he, he's always very efficient. That's the only reason I have even this high for me personally is because he's always been efficient with those opportunities um, you know they have a decent offensive line I'm not crazy about his weapons but you know there's some upside there with Jefferson and Irv Smith some reliable guys with Thielen and Kyle Rudolph so we'll see how it plays out for me just not enough upside run heavy team I want a sexier name yeah, that's the that's the biggest thing is he's on a they're they're transitioning to a run heavy team, but we also don't know what's going on with Delvin Cook. So I think I got Cousins a little higher. Um, I don't even see him. I got part of the he's number one on your list. <laughs> I got part of my rankings blocked off here because of the because of the screen, so I couldn't see. Yeah, I, I'll be talking about him today. He's within the bottom seventeen. So my next guy that I have is. A rookie, Joe Burrow, going into the jungle. Um, 
he's going to be playing with guys like A.J. Green and John Ross and Tyler Boyd. You got Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard out of the backfield. Uh, really no name at tight end, C.J. Zoma. Um, but he is he's one of the most purest pass, uh, pass throwers coming out of the out of college that we've seen in a long time. He is uh, I mean he broke records at LSU last year. The knock on him is he doesn't have a big body of work out of college. Um, but from what he from what we saw in 2019, and, and that's what a lot of people are that's what a lot of people are going to go off of. He he can sling the rock, and he helped. He helped Justin Jefferson get drafted in the first round this year. He's gonna. He helped Jamar Chase probably get drafted in the first round next year. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire coming out of that offense got drafted in the first round this year. So um, Joe Burrow was in, involved in a lot of that, and now he gets to go to Cincinnati and play with sort of a QB risk whisperer at quarterback in Zach Taylor. And I just think oh that... Oh, my gosh. Come on. <laughs> QB whisperer? QB whisperer. I wish I had my boo button up. <laughs> We're gonna have to edit that. I'll edit that in for you. Um, yeah, I mean, he's. We haven't even crossed him on your list, so you're definitely higher than him, higher on him than I am. I mean, he's your consensus QB one in rookie drafts. He's your consensus QB one in. Uh, he's your consensus first overall pick, basically in in superflex rookie drafts. So it's he had he's got a really this is redraft rankings but even in redraft i think he's going to have a solid rookie year he's going to have those rookie mistakes he's going to turn the ball over a little bit um that defense is a little bit better they're not they're not great but they are a little bit better they play in a tough division um some hard fought hard-nosed football games just in that division so that's six games right there where we might see some low low points output but uh just overall i think burrow's going to have a pretty solid rookie year and and be pretty fantasy relevant yeah, he has a ton of upside, and I'll talk about him in a few spots here. Uh, number 22 for me is Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I have him quite a bit lower than some other people. I'd love to have this argument with some Teddy Bridgewater lovers. <laughs> I but love Teddy Bridgewater. I just, <laughs> I just really think that he's a game manager, and I know people kind of cringe at that term. But based on what I've seen, I mean, it's not that he's not a talented quarterback, but I, I just think that that's his style. He's a great leader. He's a smart quarterback. And we saw it last year. The Saints changed their offense when he was in the game, and it was a more – they're normally fairly conservative, but it was even more conservative. So Sean Payton thought their best chance at winning was having a conservative Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, to me, Teddy Bridgewater is a conservative game manager, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think that he fits really well in Joe Brady's system, which is more quick routes, uh, which is kind of right up Teddy Bridgewater's alley. But, um, you know, I, I love DJ more this year because I think he fits in perfectly with Bridgewater and that offense. But I just don't – I don't see – I mean, that's still Christian McCaffrey's world, and we're, we're all just living in it. And I, I think the same for him. I just – I don't – I, I don't see it. I, I think he's going to be more of a game manager this year. I have him higher than all the other game managers. I uh, consider Kirk Cousins to be on the borderline of a game manager. He's above Tyrod, uh, above Haskins, Stim, all those guys. So I still have him in that category, but just based on his weapons, I think that he'll be above those guys. All right, I, I got him a little higher than you, and uh, I'll, I'll feed off a little bit of what you said, but kind of uh... – counter argue what you said when i get to him my number 21 here is uh the biggest game manager of them all jared goff oh my gosh <laughs> had to wait for your reaction there a little delayed um no i'm just kidding but he uh he did lose brandon cooks <laughs> this year and they also lost todd Gurley. so who knows that doesn't matter who <laughs> i think he's gonna have a uh we saw two years ago um him be able to throw the ball and, and, and get a lot of yardage. And I think what he reached 30 something touchdowns that year. So, I mean, we know he has a talent to do it. Um, it's another year with Sean McVay. Um, they, the run game isn't as, it's not as solidified as what it has been even going into last year with, uh, with Todd Gurley and, and the injury concerns. It's, it's not as it's, it's a little it's a little shaky there. They drafted Cam Akers, so with it being shaky, Jared Goff might have to throw the ball a little bit more. That that 
division alone, the NFC West, they have a lot of tough defenses there, and and if they're gonna with, with some offenses that can score points, so uh, especially Arizona coming out and and Seattle could put the ball into the end zone. So um, if they if the Rams want to win games, Jared Goff is gonna have to throw the ball. Uh, Cooper Cup is still one of the better receivers in the league. Robert Woods is is one of the best complement receivers to Cooper Cup in the league. Uh, pair of good tight ends there. Cam Akers can catch the ball out of the backfield, so he's got weapons. We saw that he can do it before so that's why i got him here because the the potential is there because we know that he can do it yeah i mean i think i won't get into it too much but i think that a lot's going to be on jared goff's shoulders this year Uh, i mean i'm not a big jared goff fan overall i do think he's going to put up some numbers this year but i'll talk about that in a minute number 21 for me is ben roethlisberger Um, and i know a lot of people have him having a big season but i just don't trust a 38 year old coming off a major injury you know call me crazy but crazy i mean i think i think part yeah i mean i really am but i think part of drafting too is trying to mitigate and minimize your risk and maximizing your potential and to me i just i i'm too worried about the injury i mean they have a great offensive line so he has that going for him some intriguing weapons. I mean, Deontay Johnson's one of the most hyped players in fantasy right now, so we'll see how he performs this year. They still have Juju. They drafted Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron, 500 running backs out of the backfield. So some, I won't say great weapons, some intriguing ones. I mean, the only reason I have him at 21 is because I, uh, you know, he threw for 5,000 yards the last time he played for a full season. So I'd be crazy not to, you know, mention that he has that kind of upside. But to me, I just don't want a 38-year-old quarterback coming off a major surgery. I mean, that's the bottom line for me. Well, fine. If you don't want a 38-year-old quarterback, then we'll jump right into my 39-year-old quarterback at number 20 in Phillip Rivers. You already talked a little bit about him, um, but one of the biggest things for me is he has that line now, and, and you already said it. He's got that offensive line. They are a they're they're really good run blocking, but they're one of the better pass blocking lines in the league too. So they're going to give him a lot of time. Phillip Rivers, he loves to chuck the ball, and sometimes it's it's so annoying. Like last year, specifically, I had him. Later on in the season, and I needed a couple points out of Austin Eckler, and he was just always looking downfield. He was always looking for Mike Williams, always looking for Keenan Allen. I'm like, come on, dude. Austin Eckler's open right there. Just give me this catch for 15 yards, and then get me closer to my, uh, get me closer to the win. So he's uh, he, he's a he gunslinger. He doesn't care about your team, yeah. just for the record. I, well, I got to talk to him before games because I don't think he knew about it. Um, but I mean, we've seen it for the past 15 years. Philip Rivers, he loves to drop back, throw the ball with his awkward throwing motion. And it, it's, I don't think it's going to change. He's going to bring his whole family to Indianapolis and, and fill up one section with his whole, with, with all of his kids and put on a show out there. Um, and I want to actually yeah, start. I mean, I think. With um, I just I mean I just want to mention them because now we're dipping into Rye Dog's rankings. So uh, as we go up and as we mention these couple, we'll mention who he has. He he only ranked twenty, so we're at number twenty now. His number twenty was Tyrod. We already talked about him. Both of us had him already. So his ty- his number twenty was Tyrod Taylor. Go on. Yeah, that's no fun. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean I think Indianapolis's offense is going to be interesting. I mean I've always liked Frank Reich's offensive system. Uh, I just think they're going to be more balanced this year. So, I mean, it'll be interesting, you know, things like that. And I always laugh when we say, oh, you know, I think this, I think that. And realistically, we know nothing. I mean, we're not in the locker room. We're not in the office. It's all speculation. And like I said, that's why I try to mitigate and minimize my risk in drafts and try to target upside as much as possible. And for me, you know, Big Ben and Philip Rivers, perfectly fine streamers, bye week guys for me. But I'm not going to, you know, draft a – 38 39 year old quarterback and hope for a comeback you know that's just it's not smart I'd rather take my chance on a rookie who could break out or a second third year wide receiver that has a ton of upside so i, I think that's where i stand with these but i'll uh, i'll go to my number 20 which is ryan Tannehill. And I'm so on the fence about him. I feel like he's the kind of guy that's probably going to drop in my rankings. And I've already mentioned i uh, i look at statistics pretty heavily and everything kind of goes against ryan Tannehill. so the fact that i have him at 20 is i mean even kind of surprising to myself but i mean he was just so efficient and i think that people hate on him too much 
because he was good in Miami. I mean, he put up fantasy numbers in Miami mm-hmm. until they changed their coaching staff. I just think he needs to be surrounded by a good team. I don't think he's the kind of quarterback that's going to make your franchise, but I think that he needs a good system. I think they have that in place now. They have a solid offensive line, a great defense. I really like what Mike Rabel is doing there. I think he's building something that's going to sustain for a long period of time. But in the end, I I think that he's still going to put up numbers. I mean, he was a top 10 guy. I remember doing our weekly rankings last year, and he was a consensus top 10 guy for the last four weeks. I mean, that efficiency is going to be hard to keep. But okay, so he was a top 10 guy when he started last year, you know, and I have him at 20, so that's still 10 spots. So I'm still accounting for his efficiency being worse. And he does run the ball a little bit. He was He's an athletic guy. He was a wide receiver in college. So, I, uh, you know, I, it's funny, though, because they were last in passing attempts last year. So normally I go with volume and opportunity. But, you know, once again, I probably wouldn't draft Ryan Tannehill. I still don't think he's a guy with upside. When I say upside, I mean, I'm talking a guy like Lamar Jackson last season who was going like QB 15, 16, and you know, like, okay, if he puts it together, he could be a top 5 to 10 guy. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is a slam dunk 5 to 10 guy. I mean, he showed he could be a top 10 guy, but, you know, that's not realistic. So I I have him at 20 just because I think that's a reasonable ranking for him. It is. It's definitely... and. Now we're getting into guys, and including Roethlisberger, and, and I already mentioned Goff. We're getting into guys that um, that we wouldn't necessarily draft to be our starters, but these are guys that are going to be drafted more. If 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 you carry if you like yeah. to carry two quarterbacks on your roster, these are guys where I mean we have we're not going to be talking about them today, but your Kyler Murray's are going to be up in our next episode because he's he's uh, within the top sixteen for us. So those are going to be guys that you're going to draft as your starter, but you still want somebody um, like a Philip Rivers, like a Ben Roethlisberger, even like a Tannehill with the potential that he has, Kirk Cousins. You want guys like that to be on your roster too to play the matchups and, and fill in for bye weeks and, and that way you're not scrambling for um for a Gardner Minshew at the end. Yeah, I said it. Yep. Scrambling, <laughs> scrambling for I mean you for should want Gardner Minshew. <laughs> I hope he's the number one fan of QB this year. I will eat my words if that's the case. Um no, I you should more than eat your words. I need something better than that because that would be insane. I have him <laughs> as a top twelve guy by the way. No you don't I mean not in my rankings because I mean, there's a difference. I've had this argument with people before. I mean, there's a difference between your rankings and where you think somebody's going to finish. And that might seem crazy, but to me, rankings are a little more strategic. It's a game. Like, I think Miles Sanders is going to be a top four running back. That doesn't mean I'm drafting him as a top four running back because I can wait till the mid-second to get him. You know, I actually literally had this debate with someone like three hours ago because I said that about Miles Sanders. And he said, you have him in your ranked in your top four? I said, no, I think he's going to finish top four, but I have him ranked eighth overall. He's like, that doesn't make sense. I was like, well, I mean, it does because I'm not trying to reach on guys. I think that drafting is just one giant game. So, Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see. I just, I don't, like we already, already mentioned it, I don't like a lot of his weapons, so I don't know where, I don't know where he's getting all these points from, but. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, we got three more guys each to talk about, and only one out of the out of the six spots that we have, only one of them is new. So we could probably make it quick. Um, even Ryan's. He's, so we're at 19 now. Ryan's 19 is Kirk Cousins. Pretty good ranking for him there. Uh, my 19 is Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you made a lot of good points when you talked about Bridgewater, but the one thing that I wanted to piggyback off of was you said that it's C-Max world and we're all just living in it. Half of his yards and a lot of his receptions, obviously receptions, are coming through the air. So um, that's that's where Teddy Bridgewater is going to get a lot of his points. And then you also mentioned that that Brady likes to Brady likes to run his offense with a short uh, with like the short passing routes. And DJ Moore is perfect for that. Curtis Samuel is perfect for that. So I mean, he's this is a perfect. It's a perfect situation for him. He really doesn't have any competition behind him, especially since they let Cam Newton go. Um, he's got three excellent pass catching pass catchers out of the uh, just on the DJ team. DJ Walker, by the way. Oh, yeah, we come on. We saw him in uh, the XFL last year. I wish that was still going on. Um, and they just went out and got uh, they got Robbie Anderson too. So he's got. I mean, he's got weapons all across the board. He's got the best pass catching running back that we've seen in a long time. So I mean, just a thousand yards and 
if you play in a completions league, I guess, I mean, that, that helps you out a lot. So it doesn't really help Bridgewater in a way, but um, if you do play in a completion league, then CMAX completions will help. But the yardage definitely does. You're getting 1,950 to 1,000 yards just from Christian McCaffrey, who's a running back alone. And then and then all the other yardage is going to come from uh, come from DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson. So I love, I absolutely love Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I do tend to wait a little bit later on my quarterback. I mean, if I can get Kyler Murray, in the fifth sixth round which i don't think he's making it there i might wait a little bit later and grab teddy bridgewater and uh and be perfectly happy with that starting most of my games yeah no i mean i've been back and forth about him too i mean to me too it's just uh it's a talent thing i think he's best served you know and i'll have to look to where he finished with the saints last year when he was starting for him i want to say he was right around qb 20 when he was starting for him so I, uh, you know, I think that's a pretty good comparison. I'm going to have to look that up because that'll be a good stat. But I, uh, I'm I'm very intrigued by that whole team. Their whole philosophy this offseason was kind of fun to watch play out, drafting only defensive players in the draft, filling their big offensive needs through free agency. So, I mean, I think that's a fun, intriguing team. You know, Joe Brady, Matt Rule all making their debuts in their coaching position. So I, I think that's an intriguing team. Uh, number 19 for me is Jared Goff, who we already talked about a little bit. And I actually, I don't like Jared Goff as a real-life QB, just for the record. But I've said a few times, I think that he's going to have a Jameis Winston kind of season. So I think the Rams are going to really struggle this year. And I could legitimately see him putting up 5,000 meaningless yards. Not that I would put money on him passing for 5,000 yards, but I really could see him passing for 5,000 meaningless yards just because I don't trust their running game yet. It's very young. They were third in pass attempts last year, and I think there's going to be a lot on his shoulders this year. I think I wouldn't be surprised if they led the league in pass attempts. I think they're going to be very pass heavy, and uh, I think that he has some potential there. I, I You already mentioned he has weapons in Cup and Woods and Van Jefferson now, and they still have Josh Reynolds and Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, all those running. Even if one of those running backs comes out and plays well, that's intriguing. Offensive line didn't perform very well last year. They were young. Any improvement, and that'll help them out too. But I, I just think there's going to be a lot on his shoulders because there's a lot of question marks in that running game. All right, a couple more that we got left here. Uh, speaking of golf, Ryan had golf come in at 18. Um, my 18 was a guy you already talked about, Kirk Cousins. He's he's just for for years he's just been he's been a pretty consistent quarterback. Back with Washington, then with Minnesota, um, and he really hasn't had like the the best weapons all around him. Um, I think last year, the years that he was with Minnesota, which he still is, but um, the last two years with Minnesota, he's had Thielen, he's had Diggs, he's had Rudolph, so that was probably his best combination of weapons. Now he loses Diggs, but Jefferson comes in here, but he always seems to finish as like a low-end QB1, high-end QB2, and which 18 is even, that's like a mid-QB2, so that's even lower than, than what we're used to seeing from him, but I think Diggs is going to be a big hit there, but Irv Smith enters in, if Dalvin Cook decides to sign a contract and play he's a he's a threat out of the backfield too we've seen a little bit of alex madison last year um i mean cook was fairly healthy but madison came in and and, and he was on the field a little bit so we've seen what he can do a little bit so he still has weapons there not i mean not that Diggs was everybody but he so he's still gonna go out there he's still gonna chuck the ball a lot they are moving a little bit to a um to a run first offense but He's getting paid a lot of money to throw the ball, and that's that's exactly what he's going to do. And he's going to finish where he's finished since he since he started playing football in the NFL. Yep, yep, I would agree that he. Uh, I think that we both agree that he has really limited upside. I mean, that's the number one thing that kind of comes to mind with him for me. Yeah, I mean, it's you know that it's there, but it's it, they they got to let him they got to let him play. And we got your 18. Why don't you just jump into your 18 and 17, and then I'll end it with uh, with the guy that we haven't talked about yet. Number 18 is Joe Burrow for me. So, I mean, it's kind of funny that I said that Zach Taylor is not a quarterback <laughs> guru mastermind, whatever word you used. I uh, 
But, I mean, Jared Goff was always a solid quarterback in Sean McVay's system for fantasy production. Still is and probably will put up okay numbers for fantasy leagues. But I I expect Burrow to finish right around 18. You've already mentioned he has nice weapons there. A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon in the backfield. Giovanni Bernard will catch some passes. Their offensive line should be improved. But I think that they're going to be a fairly balanced offense. One of the things people don't talk about with Burrow enough either is he actually is pretty athletic. I think I would expect him to run for right around 300 yards in a full season, um, you know, and that's not something you can say about every quarterback. So as much as I don't trust rookies normally, I Burrow has some upside in a scheme that's been known to be fantasy friendly for quarterbacks. He has nice weapons. You know, really the only thing I would say to hate about Joe Burrow is the fact that he's a rookie. Yeah. So as much as I'm not going to rely on him as my every week quarterback, I wouldn't mind stashing him on the bench as my backup. And then maybe towards the end of the season, he has uh, he's a top 10 guy for the last half of the year based on the adjustments that he makes. Uh, number 17 for me, I already talked about Mark Minshew. I have him number 17, so he just makes the cut for this episode. I already mentioned, poor defense, Jay Gruden, he's going to have a lot of opportunity. No, and yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily disagree that he doesn't have the greatest weapons, but I mean, I think Chark showed some ability last year. We'll see what Chenault's able to do this season. Matt caught a lot of passes out of the backfield. Chris Thompson is there. Not that that's a really incredible name, but I always liked Chris Thompson as a receiving back out of the backfield when he was with the Redskins. Tyler Eifert's a good red zone target so definitely not strong some intriguing ones i think chark and chanel as their one and two or you know i could see how it turns out for them but overall i just think it's the volume for me that does it that's a definitely good argument and and one name that we haven't brought up when when talking about the jaguars at all was dd westbrook and uh that's another <laughs> that's another weapon for him. another name that we haven't brought up when talking about the jaguars is um justin blackman Justin Blackman, they should sign Josh Gordon, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I would like to see Josh Gordon play again. Um, So finishing it off, Ryan had Phillip Rivers as number 17. So the four guys that we mentioned from him, we've already talked about. So no real surprises there. Uh, A little higher on some than others. But for the most part, I mean, Goff and Cousins and Rivers are all within the same area as me and and Jordan. So uh, nothing too crazy. Just Tyrod's a little, little higher. But my number 17 is second-year quarterback Daniel Jones. Um, of the New York Giants, he is he showed a lot last year in his uh, in his playtime coming in for Eli Manning and being picked as the first quarterback or not the first quarterback. He was the uh, he was sixth overall in uh, in the draft last year, and he um, yeah, I mean he's got pretty decent weapons too. We we talked about this in our chat a little bit about uh, Sterling Shepard and and um golden tate and then they got darius slayton too and he's got one of the best running backs probably he's my number one running back is saquon barkley it's 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 a it's a little bit of a flip-flop between him and c-mac more people lean c-mac because a little bit more recency bias and and he does catch a little bit more of the football out of the backfield but i think barkley has the uh i think barkley's gonna end up finishing number one this year and, and if he stays healthy the whole season but it's going to benefit daniel jones a lot they he's um it's another one of those i mean just for like the same arguments that you had for Gardner Minshew in jacksonville i don't think the giants defense is all that great i think they're going to be i think they're better i think the giants defense is better than the than the uh jaguars but i think daniel jones and the offense is going to be on the field a lot daniel jones he can throw the ball he's a gunslinger he um he's got really good He's got three number two wide receivers, I think. So they they really don't have like a number one there, but they do have one of the best running backs. And Evan Ingram, he's he's poised for a breakout too. So um, I think with the plethora of weapons that Jones has, and none of them are really new to him. They're all like they've all played with him last year, so he doesn't have to build any chemistry. I mean, he could work on the chemistry with those guys, but he doesn't have anything new to build. So he can just go right in there and kind of hopefully pick up where he left off. All right, so that'll that'll do it for what we have for today. Uh, we talked about our quarterbacks from 32 to 17. Next week we're going to talk about 16 to one. Uh, we still have a uh, most of the quarterbacks we still have are the same. I think that I have I have Roethlisberger in my top 16. That um, 
that Jordan already talked about and, and vice versa. Jordan has Daniel Jones in his top 16 that I already talked about. Other than that, the rest of them are, are quarterbacks that we haven't talked about yet. So it's going to, it's, it's going to be a better show next year or next week and yeah, next year too. Next year. How yeah, long are we year, waiting <laughs> for this? <laughs> have a good show next year. Um, so with that being said, we are going to we're going to sign out. But before we do that, just a few things that we got going on in the Fantasy Mafia and the Fantasy Hotspot. Um, in the Hotspot, of course, that's our forum. Basically, we got some razzes going on. Currently, we have a mini helmet razz, um, which is hopefully by the time this post, hopefully it's done and over with. So I probably shouldn't have said that. But uh, <laughs> we'll keep it on there just in case it's still up. Um, and then... We have some mystery box razzes that are going to be coming out or are probably already out by this time. We have, um, and then just we have a bunch of news that just gets posted in there and people like conversation starters and topic starters that they just ask questions and just jump on and, and basically associate yourself with the group. And then the Fantasy Mafia, that's where. Um, that's where we're doing a lot of uh, our articles, our website articles go in there, and we got couple a day i mean we're at like two to three a day with some other stuff sprinkled in some polls um so why don't you talk about what's coming up in the near future as if this was being posted next week <laughs> yeah i mean i think going back to the hot spot quickly the biggest thing for me is i think this is for you guys i mean it's a place if you there's anything on your mind whether it's trade advice draft advice draft strategy it's not about us as admins of the Fantasy Mafia posting in there. We want it to be a community where everybody's chipping in and talking. And, you know, you don't have to wait for one of us to post something. If you see news that's not in there yet, I mean, go for it and post it in there and let's start a conversation. I think that's uh, the goal for us is a place where you can go and just talk about sports with other guys and girls. Where, uh, you know, and it doesn't necessarily even have to, you know, it's the fantasy hotspot, but if there's any, and a lot of people are talking about fantasy football primarily, but if there's baseball, hockey, basketball, you know, we, we want to talk about it all. And with sports coming back up, we're going to have lots more to talk about. So I expect yep. that group to be more active. So invite your friends. Let's uh, meet some new fantasy folks. And then with the Mafia, yeah, I mean, you kind of already touched on it, but we have our YouTube channel up and running, so make sure you subscribe to that. We're going to be uh, placing a little more emphasis on the audio side of things, so we'll be on all your major platforms. We're doing it through Anchor, so it'll be on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those fun platforms. And, uh, yeah, thefantasymafia.com is also up and running. All of our content's going up on there. We have some busy days coming up. Every Wednesday we're releasing rankings of each of our individual admins. So I know uh, we have about five guys now that are submitting rankings. So Wednesdays are going to be pretty busy. Uh, baseball's coming up, and I already mentioned we're going to have an article series coming out leading up to the season and some more rankings now that fantasy baseball is going to be back. So, uh, And we also have some hockey content. We haven't really talked about the NHL too much, but we gave some playoff previews, and that's right around the corner. Same with the NBA. We're going to have to talk about well, – there won't really be any fantasy implications there, but we'll get to talk about some playoff basketball. So lots of stuff going on. Make sure you subscribe, like, check us out, give us a wink, high five, whatever floats your boat. There's always fantasy implications if sports are being played. Remember, DFS exists, so we'll be talking about that too. True. All right, so with that, we're going to sign out. We'll see you guys next week, and we're going to be doing our top 16 quarterbacks next week.